Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Hello again. Welcome into Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. So glad you have joined us as we go into the garage area and talk to the folks that make the race cars go around the racetracks. We are having a ball. We're in the middle of the playoffs and we're in the middle of chaos in the playoffs as well. Steve Post, pit reporter for the Motor Racing Network, joined by 25 time and championship winning crew chief Todd Gordon and Man, Todd, I'll tell you what, after that race in Texas, there is one group of happy people and there are 11 groups of scared to death people. Yes, yes. This is winning Texas. Puts you in a hole. You just separate yourself from the field. You know, Rudy Fugel is loving life. Loving life, no stress. On through, race pretty carefree. Take chances if you want to. Love where the 24 team is. Rest of those guys, they're pulling hair out this week. They really are. Um, love where the 24 team is. We love where they are at in the here and now this week. Boy, this has been a good team all year long. Six wins this season. We kind of hit that one low, and then they come back at Watkins Glen and said, remember us. Yeah. But this team has been so good all year long. What I really notice is they are able to close the deals at the end of these races. I mean, of the six wins, I don't know that they dominated any of them. Like, just flat out dominated. Maybe been, the Glen. Yeah. But beyond but, that. But they they have found, like this weekend, they found their way. They, they pitted into stage one. Yep. They and the 20 car were the only two cars to pit and lost all our track position, worked their way back up through the field slowly. Not to the point where we'd make a big deal about it because it's just methodical work, but you find these later. I mean, how many races this year has William won on a late restart being in the top 10, being in the top five? He was here, second row inside, took advantage of it. They have capitalized at opportunities as they come to him. They've done a phenomenal job of it. They really have. And, 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 and earlier this year, they won one race off from Pit Road that put him on the front row, yep. and he controlled the start. Another race where they jumped up to the front row on a pit start, and he was able to do it. They just really seem, they're poised. They, they just seem like they really have it together. They do. They do. And I don't, I don't want to back up on this. It's not like they've fallen backwards into him, but they haven't. Like Kyle Larson, or, or let's go to Martin Truex. When Martin Truex wins, oh God. he wins everything. Ruins he wins stage races. one, stage Ruins two. like everything. It's like, it's a huge percentage of races he's won. He's dominated the whole thing. Yeah. It, it's this team, they race pretty well. And then when it comes, to, when, when it comes time to cash the check. Yep. Rudy pulls, Rudy, yes. Rudy, Rudy makes the call. The crew on pit road executes, and the and driver, driver gets it done. And that driver gets it done. So, it, and that's that's what you want going into a championship race. So, uh, they're in a great position. They can, and Rudy's talked about it. He can focus on Vegas already. Yep. Which we'll is in, in in the Todd Gordon hierarchy of races. Yep. Phoenix is the most important race. Yep. Vegas is the second most important race, and Texas, Texas is, is the third. third most important race. You win Texas. You can focus on the second most important race, yes. Vegas, while everybody else is worried about a super speedway and a roval. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't care whether you're, I mean, when you're looking at the points layout right now, I don't care if you're second in points or 12th in points. Because no. Talladega is an out, uh, it's an unknown. You could go into this place and be involved in a wreck three laps short of stage one and be done for the day and come out with one point. So it, it, nobody's safe at this point and, and nobody's out, but it creates a lot of anxiety for you. <laughs> A lot of anxiety for sure. Um, a couple of uh, attaboys we want to give here. Um, Ross Justine and Phil Surgeon, we've talked about their where did they go? Oh where have they been? Second place finish. They have they've 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 got to feel a little bit better about things. Second place finish and they had a throttle position sensor issue. Yeah. So like the, they they went to leave the pit box and it wouldn't even launch. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I I'd love to hear more of the details of it, but they finished second with an issue. With an issue, right. <laughs> that's that's manufacturing your day. That's continuing right. to stay focused on out the front windshield, and they did a great job of it. Staying alive. That's yep. what it is. Staying alive. Um, we've talked about this, it seems like, every week, but what Booty Barker and Bubba Wallace have done in the last 10 weeks, 12 yeah. weeks, yes. has yep. been remarkable. And yes, this one got away from them, but still, a bad day. But it's a third place finish. We talked about it. And I'll, I'll go to William Byron. He had to get 100 races under his belt before he got to this point. Yep. Chase Elliott. He had to get to 100 races under his belt. Finished second a lot of times. Gave up wins. It's just, you almost have to learn how to lose and learn how to win. And you don't do that when you're racing back in 10. So the more opportunities that Bubba's got being up front, these guys have continued. I think Booty and Bubba are doing a great job of working together. And Bubba's hard on himself. He's, I, I gave, you know, he's, he's, he's the ultimate self-critic. Um, but they just need to be in these positions as they continue to mature this program. They're going to figure out how to do this. Bubba made a mistake. Uh, and I think yeah. Bubba knows that. And he'll yeah. go back and look at it. And he'll be, he'll be more knowledgeable of how to handle this next time it comes up. He didn't need to, like, he didn't need to go down and try to block the 24. He, just let he hurt himself by doing that. Right. Right. And that's how he got beat. Broke his own momentum, broke his own speed. But you got to be there to realize how to race that. You can't, you can, you can go to every school in the planet and watch every former race on the planet. But when you're there is a different world. I've had, I mean, at, and Joey Logano's talked about it in, in different places. Like he doesn't know how to race 15th. It's a different race to race at 15th yeah. than it is to race in the top five. Like it's, it, you, it's they're just different. Yeah, they it's a different are, race they're. to call. And these yeah. guys are. They're putting it together. They've done a great job, and I feel like they're playing on house money at this point. Those, those, those losses at Texas on Sunday afternoon will become wins somewhere down the road. So his failure was a third-place finish. <laughs> there's the other thing. Okay, there's it's a the other solid thing. Yeah. day, and they, they moved themselves forward. I think they were 14 behind, below the cut line. Right, they're two they're below two now. Below. Right. Going exactly. to a place that well, I feel like that 23 car should be one of the favorites this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Bubba could get on there and win again at Talladega. Um, and, and the other attaboy category, um, and, and nothing, I mean, Christopher Bell, Adam Stevens, Denny Hamlin, Chris Gabehart just knocks out solid top five finishes. Not they're 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 in the soup. They're in the mess going to Talladega and the Roval, but they just continue to put together good strong races. Yeah, yeah. I I've I've got I've got Denny Hamlin and Chris Capehart going through my final four. Yeah, I feel like this year they're just they're putting it together. They should have won every race in the first round, and they were still pretty competitive. They had some damage, but with this car, I don't feel like that damage was substantial. Probably a little draggy. Might have hurt them from a mm-hmm. from a just straight line speed standpoint, but put together a solid racer. 
Adam and, and Christopher Bell, I think they've got to get the pit crew thing sorted out. They're still having issues there and, and get that, that going. If they can, I mean, there's a, Adam's won two championships. And I, Chris, yeah. Christopher Bell's got championships in his future. He's very talented. We'll see how that all comes together. On the other side of it, Kyle Larson, Cliff Daniels running for the top spot. And yeah, boy, it got away from him. Yeah. And bad. He's so, f- they're so fast, they're going to make mistakes. He was by far the best car. Yeah. As far as speed, and talked about William Byron. You know, William, William won a race. Kyle Larson was the best car. Yeah. But, he put, but I think being that fast, you're on a razor's edge, and it put him in a bad position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what in the wide world of sports is going on with Kyle Busch and Randall Burnett? I don't, I, don't, I don't even I don't, I, I don't think anybody knows. There's the problem. Todd and Steve not knowing is not a problem. Nope. Randall and Kyle wondering about it. That's the problem. When Kyle hops out and does the interview at the at the health at, at the care, care center, center yeah. and says, "I thought I had a right front going down, but I spun out." So it's the other side of the car. Like he he was, I was actually like dumbfounded by the interview, but he yeah. was pretty factual and like I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, if he doesn't know what to tell me, I I sure as heck don't well, know. That's what to tell the problem. You. Is like if, if he doesn't know and yeah. if they're yeah so. Uh, they got some struggles, but now they that, did. They did win at Talladega in the spring. They did win it. Yes, exactly. This and, could all turn around. And they won the Daytona 500. Right, not the five, not, not the, the 509, 509 or whatever, or whatever it was. That's he was right. leading on the on the, the 500th mile, 200, 200 yeah. lap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then mistakes leading to the mistakes. Jonathan Hassler, Ryan Blaney, uh, uh, fourth spot, pit road in the mess. Yeah, and a bigger mess. And I want to back this one up and go to the first part of that. Jonathan Hassler called a phenomenal race. Yeah. Jonathan Hassler, I mean, I, I looked at it. I'm like, I just, they qualified 25th. They were back at 25th. Yep. He leapfrogged, stayed out. Mm-hmm. There was a caution at the end, before stage one, they stayed out there. I thought they were going to lose it back. He stayed out again. I'm like, ooh, gutsy. And then the caution comes at 115. He takes two tires and not full of gas. Like, ooh, gutsy really again. Gutsy, yeah. But, but once, they, once he cycled him forward, they ran in the top seven the rest Stay of the race until the, steer, until the speeding penalty. So um, a great race call by Jonathan. Unfortunate, I think Blaney got a, like a point zero one or zero two over. Mm. It was next to, but, but that put him in the back. And Tyler Reddick ran in the wall. and You get in the back. You're you, just, you were behind it. He got caught up in it. Yeah. Crazy stuff. It really, truly is. And off to Talladega where everybody is nervous. Yes. Man, yeah, this round is the this round's the the highest stress round that we've got. Yeah, because you know what you're doing in the round of eight. Like right. it's oh, you're going yeah. to Vegas, you're going to Homestead, you're going to Martinsville. You, those three are you, you control your destiny. Yes, you can control that. This is the round that Texas. Then you come here, and I mean, we could have rain next week at the Roval. Oh, I, I just like you just don't know. You yeah. don't know, and we so, still we we still haven't made up our mind about this Roval thing. And, yes. and that's and and I and I say that I say that as a good thing. We, this is still one of those, yeah. th- what you learned at Watkins Glen doesn't apply to the Roval. No. You know what I mean? It's no. just, it's just, it's we're different. still, it's, it's its own creature. It's, it's its own creature. You know, are we running on banked racetracks at high speed? Yeah. Are we running at low speed, winding through the infield? Yes. And everywhere it's, in between. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, mean, it, it, it so, is, yeah. so there's stress to this and, and there's one team that's not worried about it. <laughs> one team is not worried about it. Rudy Fugel. You talk about great crew chiefs with, with Hasser making good calls and Rudy Fugel making a great uh, event there. 
I think our guest. Yeah. I look forward to talking to him. This is this has been a behind the scenes, behind the playoff bright spot is what Carson Hosevar is doing in that 42 car. And it's led uh, by Luke Lambert, who is just a great crew. Mm -hmm. They are, and, and really when you look at Legacy Motor Club, with the situation they are in, mm -hmm. with strained at best relationship with the manufacturer, yep. or no relationship, I don't know, it's none of our Me business. Either. None of our business, okay? That 43 car is up front all the time yeah, now. The, the trajectory of this cool. of the Legacy Motor Club program yeah. is upward, although yes. you, you would think it'd be in decline. Right. And this 42 team with a driver that has five yes. races, yeah. all four races in this car have been top 20 finishes. Yeah. This is a team that's rolling along well. Luke Lambert is the crew chief on the number 42 car, and we will talk to Luke next here on Crew Call. Never! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon, Steve Post, and let's go to the guest line. Joining us from over at the Legacy Motor Club, it is Luke Lambert, crew chief on that number 42 car. Hello, Luke. How are you? I'm good. Good, good to be on. Great to catch up with you. Uh, your 2023 season has been interesting for sure. Started off with Noah Gregson, and now you've had a driver du jour. Um, how, you been, how have you been managing that? How are, how are things going with, uh, with all the challenges up there you've been dealing with? Well, it certainly adds a lot of complication to it. But, um, you know, the priority has just been get the team working on the things that we can control and stay focused on that and just try to make uh, – make gains to our program and, and improve uh, the performance of our cars every week and get better, you know, throughout the year. So it's been a challenge, but uh, I feel like uh, we're, we're making progress as a group and we, we've worked really close with the 43 all year. And, um, you know, I feel like both teams are, are working in the right direction to improve our performance and it's showing up. So um, that's what we've been trying to focus on. Obviously the driver stuff has been a, a complication for us on the 42, but uh, we're doing what we can to work around it and, and see all the positives from it. As, as anybody from the outside would look at it, you know, you made your Toyota announcement early in the season, and you would have thought that your access to tools and information would have restricted, and, and I would expect it did. I'm not asking you to get into all that, but your performance has continued to move forward. You guys as a whole, I mean, the 43 is noticeable, and, and honestly, you guys with Carson have done a phenomenal job of continuing to find speed, being in the, in the realm. Um, how is that happening? Is it... Are, are you, is it just digging them with the old school notebooks or, or, or what? Because it's, you guys are noticeably getting better building into this uh, end of the uh, relationship with Chevrolet. Yeah, I, I think that um, really the, the reason why we're getting better throughout the year has just been focusing on getting our systems in place, getting our engineering group working together the way that uh, we want to see it work. Um, you know, we've, we've got a lot of young uh, people at our company and, and, um, maybe less experienced people in the roles that they currently are in, in kind of every department. And I feel like as, as the year has gone by and, um, you know, we're really starting to lock in on having the structure set 
head up right. And, and, you know, the preparation for these events requires, you know, a month out of preparation. So a lot of the times you're working on things that you don't see the fruit of for uh, three or four weeks down the road. And I think we're kind of getting into the phase of the season where we're starting to um, get those, those systems in place and some of our processes in place a little bit better. Um, and so I think we're seeing a lot of that. And, you know, we are returning to some tracks that we've, um, that we've been to earlier in the year or, or going to tracks that we have enough uh, relative experience from similar style race tracks that we've got a little better notebook than we did at the start of the year. Um, to your point, I mean, we've really uh, just had to take what we do have within our toolbox and uh, focus on executing on, on using those tools uh, to the best of our abilities. And I think that uh, we're making progress in that area. And, and it's a lot of just simple basics on uh, understanding how we optimize and tune the vehicles and, and make sure that we can con- consistently predict what we're going to expect to fight when we get to the racetracks. My uh, my rookie year as a cup crew chief, I kind of went through a similar situation, had a driver change mid-season to what you've gone through here. Now, you, you've been a crew chief for many years, but back to the back to legacy first year back. Uh, talk about the transition from, you know, a relationship with Noah. You came out of the Xfinity Series with him and then and him going away and, and kind of feeling where it is. But it seems like the chemistry between you and Carson Hosefar is, has really kind of blossomed into a, a, a great little deal. And you've had a lot of speed with him. Yeah, it's been nice. Um, after after the situation with Noah transpired, we we had a change up there. You know, every couple of weeks, it seemed like we were trying to figure out who was going to be the driver. That was a little bit more complicated. Um, we had some guys fill in and, and do a, a solid job. Mike Rockenfeller did a great job for us at the road courses, and we'll get to work with him again uh, at the Roval. But um, getting Carson in the car was nice because we were able to okay, now we can work week to week and kind of build on one week's success and take it to the next week and learn a little bit more about him every week. And uh, that's helped just have a little bit of consistency to work around. It's helped myself and the engineers understand what, uh, you know, what the little details about his driving style are and, and we're getting better at understanding how to tune the car for him. So that's been nice. And he's done a great job jumping in, you know, with the with limited experience he's had. Uh, driving these cars has been pretty impressive to see what he's been able to do. And he's done a nice job of not getting in over his head, kind of starting out uh, conservative on the weekends. Generally in practice, he starts out a little conservative, asks for what he wants in the car. And uh, by the second or third run, we have recently been able to get him really happy. And so uh, that's been nice. And then, you know, he kind of approaches the race the same way. He doesn't really get himself in trouble early and then just uh, gets a little bit more aggressive as the race progresses. And, um, you know, gets in position at the end to uh, hopefully collect a good finish. So he's been doing a good job of that. And that's, uh, that's what we want to continue. Yeah. And I, I hate to keep asking all the questions here, but I, I just, you tee me in one to the next. How does a Carson and Eric relationship, uh, driver input pieces like that? Do you find that your paths are very similar? Can you be very similar on setups or are there separations between the two? How does that work for you? And, and how does that compare to where say Noah and Eric were before? Um, for Carson and, and Eric here lately, it's been, they've been able to be very close, um, which has been nice. There's been a few little differences that we have, uh, have noticed where, you know, one driver will like one small little setting different than another. And, um, we can kind of tune to that, but, um, really in, in general, like, you know, we had, we're able to have a little bit of DL time last week and, and that's the simulator where the, where the drivers get in and drive. We're able to kind of cross-reference 
you know, one driver to the next and, uh, and use that. Um, and so that, that worked really well. Um, and then it's been nice throughout the weekend where we're able to really track the balance of the two cars. It seems like where Carson has wanted to be and, and Eric has wanted to be, has been fairly similar. Um, particularly when we keep the cars really close on setup and, uh, and it doesn't seem like they've had a huge, uh, difference that they're looking for in the field of the car, which has been, it's been nice in that when you have two teams that can work close together because that just gives you more data points to make decisions on. Yeah, their background is very similar. Berlin Raceway, that's where they both cut their teeth up there. So they certainly know each other or know of each other, that is for sure. Carson had a quote after, I think it was after Texas, that this race car just is designed for me. The, the next-gen race car. The example I always use is Jimmy Johnson, one of your owners up there. He was a one-time winner in the Xfinity Series. And he's a seven-time Cup Series champion. Is there something to that where certain car styles, builds, type things work for certain driver styles? Yeah, I 100% believe that that's the case. Um, I think that there's some things about this car that are they're really odd compared to some of the other race cars we run. One of the things that's that's a big characteristic is just all the aerodynamics, um, you know, a big portion of the, the air performance is generated by the underfloor. And so there's a lot of sensitivity to pitch and the driver inputs have a big influence on how the, the cars behave. Um, and I think that's really what, why it's been a pretty natural progression for Carson. Cause I think what his approach is, is, is what is well-suited. I, I totally agree with what he's saying. I think he is well-suited for this car just because of the fact that, uh, the way he likes to get into the corner and the way he likes to use a little small amounts of brake um, really, really seem to help this car behave more consistently than some of the that work really well in other cars, but don't work so great in this one. So I think he's been a natural fit and I, I definitely agree. I think he's, uh, he's, he's shown that he's very comfortable. Um, and it's surprising because, you know, when we unveiled this car, uh, over a year ago, um, it was interesting how a lot of the guys that were uh, staples of the Cup Series, you know, were not a fan of the way the car drove and behaved. And, and you know, the greatest guys have all gotten up to speed and got used to it and learned how to deal with it. But uh, it was interesting because when Carl got in it, it was it was like he was more comfortable in it than he'd been in any other car. He even said he he felt more comfortable in it than a truck, which I don't know that I've heard anybody make that comment. So um, I think that you know the setups and and some of the the things that that we've done as as an industry as a race team to to make the cars drive better has helped that but um you know a big part of it is just generally how you how you like to drive the car and i think that works well for carson yeah and there's been at least one weekend where you've had he's had split duty where he's done the truck deal and uh and the and the cup program for you guys i would think the trucks and cup cars are as dynamically opposite because a truck is all about side force and momentum yeah. and the cup car is all about under underwing. Um, has he talked about that at all? Yeah, he has, um, you know, but I think that strangely enough, some of his approach to the truck does kind of correlate a little bit. So, um, it, I think it's just a uh, pretty natural fit, you know, but one of the things that we have talked about is a lot of the times, um, you, you don't really run the same parts of the racetrack and you don't really even race them the same. Uh, I mean, the cars are different, They're, you know, the cars versus trucks are different, but even the way the races play out and the way the cars race together is completely different. Bristol's a great example. You know, the, the trucks are always early in the week. Those, 
with the power level and the side force and everything they have, they generally always stay bottom and the, and the speed around the track is all around the bottom. Um, and then generally that night race weekend, especially, you know, you watch the weekend unfold as it gets down to the, the cup race midway through the Xfinity race, guys start moving to the top and then you get to the, the cup race and guys are having to run the top. That's an example of a, of a place where Carson had not really had any experience running the top there. So, um, he had to rely on working on that in the simulator and we had to make decisions on history that we've had there for knowing what the setup's going to do when you run the top. Cause you don't have the option to even do that in practice. Nobody really gets up there. It's not cleaned off and ready enough for that. So, uh, the first times he ran the top at Bristol were in the middle of the race. Yeah. And, um, the moment that we started doing that, uh, we started moving forward. So, um, that's neat to see. And, um, you know, he's, he's definitely picked it right up and made the most of it. 11th place finish at Bristol, his best finish of the year. That obviously speaks volumes as far as that goes. Speaking of drivers, as we start to look forward, though, winding the season down, of course, the playoffs for some guys, a strong finish for you guys and what you're talking about. But also, when we look forward, John Hunter Nemechek coming over to your program and Toyota being involved in your program. Luke, how, what, what's, your, what's your optimism as we, as we start to put a bow around this year and you start to look forward to next year as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm very, uh, very pumped about what we have in the future at Legacy. I think that uh, everything after the season is going to um, definitely create a lot of uh, a lot of work and effort that we're going to have to work through. But um, I think there's a lot of possibility and a lot of things that we're going to be able to um, receive as an organization from the manufacturer level. Um, that's going to be uh, be helpful to us down the road. So um, you know, that's going to be great. I think. John Hunter is proving week in and week out that he's a uh, fierce competitor. He's doing a great job in the Xfinity Series. So looking forward for the opportunity to work with him. I think that's going to be a great thing for two teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we're looking forward to. But right now it's just uh, trying to focus on, you know, what we can control, what's right in front of us, and and just trying to make our race team better. And that's uh, that's – that requires everything that we do Monday, Monday through Sunday. And so that's what we've been focused on and, and starting to see those results uh, gives me even more confidence that uh, we'll be able to use more resources when we're able to get them uh, later on down the road. Talk about focusing on the task at hand uh, upcoming this week, Talladega. And it seemed like, uh, you know, it's, everybody calls it a wild card and unknown having opportunities. What's your game plan going forward? And then I also heard, NASCAR's kind of made another step to limit how much skew the the how much the the cars can dog you know dog track down the the uh, straightaway. How's that going to affect the racing? So I think that uh, you know I, I don't know that the fans will see much to the racing. I think that if anything, the one thing that it might allow is it may it may help all of the cars in the field drive a little bit better and may make the guys be a little bit more aggressive. One thing that um, that they've kind of done is they've locked in some of the options that we have on the rear suspension, which um, th those options would have given the teams uh, the ability to decide, Hey, do I want to really focus on qualifying speed, raw speed and sacrifice a little bit of drivability, or do I want to really focus on having drivability, not worry so much about qualifying speed. Um, the options that they're kind of locking this into, I expect to make everybody locked into a box of having slightly more drivable cars. Um, some guys, it may not be much of a change at all. Some guys, it may be even more of a change. So that'll be uh, interesting to see. 
uh, we may see some uh, shuffling a little bit in some of the qualifying results. And um, and then you may see some guys that uh, just have a little bit better cars than uh, than they did in the past as far as drivability. Um, but, you know, not knowing what everybody actually selects, I can't say for sure. But that's my that's my expectation. I think the cars will drive uh, probably as good as they have for most groups uh, at, at this race. And, um, you know, that'll put on a good show for us. How to, and not trying to get too deep in it, but I, I, I crossed my mind. I got to ask the question. We see a lot of manufacturer association where everybody kind of comes together. Does 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 your kind of position now is that make that difficult or or still within the groups? Because you've seen it from from different manufacturers. The Fords will do their thing. You know, the Toyotas will do their things. The Chevys will do their things. How how does that affect you going forward? Um. Yeah, we're definitely a little bit more. Uh, on our own, uh, program, I would say, you know, I, I think that, uh, it really started earlier in the year. Um, a group of the Chevrolets, you know, a key partner group has kind of decided to exclusively work with themselves. Um, and so that's, uh, that's a smaller group. That's, that's Hendrick RCR and, and track house. I expect that group to do that as well. And then, um, you know, the remaining Chevrolets will kind of work together. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, you know, one, I, I think those guys have kind of made that commitment to, to each other. So that's one of the reasons that led to that decision. But then also you can have too many people working together to where, um, you have too many people for time and, um, it becomes almost impossible to execute your plan. You, you lose the ability to be as dynamic and as nimble as you need to be in the middle of the race when you have to make, uh, make last minute decisions to change everybody. If you've only got to contact four to six people to make a change that's different than getting a hold of 18 people, you know? So, um, that's, uh, that's how I kind of expect it to work. It'll be similar to the way it's been the last few races. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just have to kind of pick tail off of, uh, off of the other Chevrolets and, and, you know, if that doesn't work out, just see what we can figure out to find another opportunity to work with other guys. But, um, that's, uh, that's the way I expect to see it. I'm sure there'll be some, uh, motivation to really focus on some of the chase cars. Um, you know, that's obviously really important to have the playoff guys, um, to get what they need to get done to keep moving through these rounds. But, um, you know, for us, it also does kind of work nice that we have a two car group with, with Eric and Carson, Eric's proven he's a really strong racer. And sometimes when you have that really small group, you're able to be even more nimble to just, uh, focus on working with your, your one teammate and, and try to try to get along, get aligned with the guys that you end up with on the racetrack and work, work as well as you can with them on the pit cycle. The pit cycle is really the, the key, the key part of that. It'll be fascinating. That's for sure. We are right up against the time here, but I've got one question. Okay. I saw a picture on, I think it was Instagram or something of your daughter, Ruby Lynn on a dirt bike. Do you really think this is a, do you think this is, I mean, you have three kids, you have two boys and, and, and your girl, uh, are any of them into racing and your daughter on a dirt bike at five or six years old. Is this really a good idea, Luke? <laughs> yeah. Um, it actually surprises me. So, uh, my boys, my boys are all into racing. Um, and, uh, they've started racing dirt bikes a little bit. And my daughter was going to the dirt bike races with them and she decided she wanted to start racing. So, um, I was surprised by that. Uh, and then I was even more surprised that my wife decided to go along with it. She, uh, <laughs> She decided that it would be a great idea for her to get all the stuff and take her dirt bike racing without me even being there. And it's been, it's going well. She's done, she's done good at it. Um, I've been impressed and, uh, I don't know if who's impressing me more Ruby Lynn, my daughter or my wife 
for uh, for making it all happen. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see and fun to watch. Yep. Tip really the, cool. Tip of the cap, that's for sure, to Jamie and to Ruby Lynn and to the boys, too, with their sister racing now as well. Luke, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. We appreciate the time and wish you the best as we roll through the balance of this season. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. There we go. Luke Lambert up at Legacy Motor Club. Carson Hosevar wheeling his car this weekend at Talladega. Stay with us. More in just a moment. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon and Steve Post. And uh, I'll tell you what, just as a, as a guy in the pit air garage area, I could talk to Luke Lambert all day long. He is just, first off, a stand-up man, stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. But then, man, he can describe things really, really well. He's, he's, uh, that was fun chatting with him. Yeah, yeah. Great, great guy. And, you know, I got those three races to do with Jimmy and got to work around him a little bit there. And I worked with him back on the Ford side when he was at Roush at uh roush fenway yeah uh, when with the kind of alliances we do at speedway races which we're talking about yeah. coming in this weekend but uh yeah great guy uh and, and great to see him and carson have some success and something to build forward on alliances at speedway races yeah. uh i'm sitting here as the 43 and the 42 and it's like it seems to me like they've got maybe some options uh, i i I know nothing. I I mm-hmm. I sat on the box for Jimmy for three races. I've got no relationship beyond that. Um, but in my view, if I'm legacy, I'm I'm probably going to be the seventh and eighth car in the Toyota draft. Really? Why not? Why not? I mean, you're you're in a situation where we know that Toyota. I mean, the reason Toyota is bringing another team into the fold is that. I feel like Denny Hamlin would have more speedway wins if they had a, the numbers to, to do their own piece. And um, this is an opportunity there, as, as Luke talked about, if they're kind of excluded from the key partner side of the Chevrolet piece, then um, great opportunity to go befriend your future, uh, you know, teammates and, uh, and work your way forward and, and work with, work with those guys. Cause I, I think it's a great place for them to go. I don't know that they will. Right. Yeah. But why wouldn't you you start the relationship you start building the relationship into the next year yeah now i think it's a great opportunity because two by yourself isn't going to make it happen no no and they talk about other teams you there's other teams you you probably have the jtg darty car yep but i'm not and the sure. college cars in the college cars so i'm not you know where where, where are you going to be better off that's probably the question. I, and even with those guys i think i would attach that was one of the challenges i did daytona with jimmy and one of the challenges, there were so many Chevrolets that you, you had to split the field to come to pit road. So it became a, a moving right piece. That, I, I think, the, I, don't think to, I don't think the key partners did the wrong thing. I think they, they should exclude themselves down. That got them. So now they're at a point where they're like eight cars. It's a good manageable fleet. That's a good number. And when we looked at the, when I was on the Ford side, we were always trying to be in that eight, nine range. Yeah. You know, you had the three Penske cars, the Woods Brothers car. The SHR cars. And really, we could do it with just those guys. And then the, we'd bring the front row guys in yeah. to part of it as well. That puts you at 10. So 
at eight to ten, you can lose a couple if they screw up on pit 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 road or they get a penalty or they get racked. And now your six will still make everything happen that it needs to. But the Toyota guys at well, they're what? They're six. Six. So you don't. You lose one, you're in trouble. Yeah, six seems to be the. So I I wouldn't if I'm if I'm if I'm Toyota executive, I'm I'm putting my arm right around these guys and saying. Eric Carson. Yeah. We're, we're engaged. We aren't married yet, but. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you come on over and help us a little yeah. bit? Well, fascinating stuff. It really is. And Talladega just in itself is so fascinating because oh. it's so topsy-turvy. Oh. It really, truly is. And this round. Just, this, this round, exactly. And we talked about it in the open. We, we talked about it last week. Um, you know, the only ones not worried are Rudy Fugel and oh, William Byron. Everyone is, else is. Yeah. Everyone else uh, are. Um, it will be a Tom's weekend for everybody else down at Talladega. It is the most. He, Rudy Fugel is enjoying this weekend more than we are. <laughs> no doubt. More than anybody on the planet. Because they can. He's got no stress. No stress at all. Truck Series also down there. And we have got some Truck Series teams in big trouble. We have got Zane Smith. Yeah. We've got um, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, and Ty Majeski are out. And I don't mean out by a little bit. 30 or more points out. Man, a truck series race on Saturday. Someone's going to have to make something happen. And yes. when someone has to make someone something happen. Usually it's chaos. Usually something happens. That's for sure. So it is going to be awesome. Motor Racing Network will be at Talladega Super Speedway all weekend long. 12.30 in the afternoon, that truck series race. The Love's RV stopped 250 for the truck series. Race two of the round of eight. We go to Homestead after this. But this one here has got some people in a big hole. Going to be fun to watch. A, a weird schedule on Saturday because then we do pole qualifying for the Cup Series and there's no practice. Just climb aboard, go run your qualifying laps. That's at 4.30 Eastern time. And then on Sunday, it's the Yellowwood 500 for the NASCAR Cup Series. Race number two of the round of 12. And it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. So going to be fun. That is for sure. He's Todd Gordon. I'm Steve Post. And we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Thanks to Luke Lambert as well for joining us here this time on Crew Call.